You're listening to Social Science Fiction, a podcast that blends political science and nerd culture, examining the politics of science fiction and fantasy. So welcome to the fourth and final episode in our Halloween horror extravaganza. And this week we're talking X-Files. And to talk about the X-Files, I'm bringing in a very special guest who has been on the show before, Jonathan Lokiato of the Dork Web and the Dork Web Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem. So... The X-Files was a little bit before your time, and you got into the X-Files like long after it was off the air, but I think it was like a few years ago, right? You got really into it. I remember you talking to me about it, and you were like really obsessed with it for like a brief period of time and burned through like the whole thing really quick, right? Yeah, so I was a little late to the X-Files boat, but it was probably a year or two before it came back. So there was kind of like talk and noise about like, oh, X-Files is coming back. And I had seen just a few episodes here and there. But I was like, hey, this is on a streaming service that will not receive free advertising. Uh, (laughs) And I burned through it in the span of like two, three months. As much as a human can watch and work to pay for said streaming service. Right. And so you got into it, you were a fan of it. Did you understand and like get into the larger mythology of the show, the bigger alien conspiracy theory story that was supposed to be running throughout the whole series? I mean, as much as a person can follow, but it seems kind of like uh, there wasn't a pins down point A to point B type of story. Seems like what they wanted the story and the conspiracy to be changed depending on where the plot was going. Right. I agree. And this always did kind of disappoint me about the show. It seemed like a precursor to Lost in that it was it was a great premise. And hey, we're going to throw out some crazy conspiracy stuff and some really wild things and just keep you guessing. And then by the time you get to the end, you realize, wow, they they really had no plan for where this was going or what was going to happen in the end. And it just ends up kind of just a little bit disappointing. Yeah, let's just uh, take Jack and make him fight Locke, and there'll be these two dudes wearing Jedi robes, and it'll be great. Right, and we can't get into Lost, because that's going to yeah. be a whole separate, whole separate yeah. conversation. But yeah, Lost, Lost sucked. Lost was awful at the end. That was so disappointing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'll just say, the saving grace of the X-Files was, at least, they had the Monster of the Week stuff. Lost, it was just week after week of, we're just going to add on to this weird, convoluted meta plot at least the x-files they took a break from that once in a while and just did hey they're looking for a giant man-sized leech this week or they're looking for a werewolf or a vampire and those were always fun yeah and it's interesting because x-files wouldn't be the show that i love if it didn't have the monster of the week but i do like the story episodes even though they add up to literally nothing And I think this is probably where we differ in our adoration for X-Files because I do like the Monster of the Week episodes too. But, you know, trying to put those pieces together and specifically watching David Duchovny like walk around in a Speedo and (laughs) chase after women who may or may not be his sister, it's, it's a great pursuit. It's yeah. really the pursuit of happiness, so, I would say. So two two responses there. One, David Duchovny's Speedo in that episode deserved a supporting actor credit. It was 100%. it was it was a character in a, in and of itself. The um, only supporting actor for <laughs> and, David. Yep. And every other week, Mulder like discovered another woman who was claiming to be his sister. Did that not get old to you at some point? Oh, it did. <laughs> but I guess you could say that I watched on with the same fervor that people who watched The Bachelor. Or the Bachelorette do. It's like it's not, you know, you know it's not really going to ever work, but you watch it every week and you're like, (laughs) oh, who's going to get the rose? (laughs) Okay, so you clearly like the mythology episodes more than me. I find whenever I go back and rewatch the show, I'm actually going through it again now kind of for Halloween. I end up just skipping over or zoning out for all the mythology episodes. I just want to get to the next monster of the week. So you clearly were more into the lore in mythology than me what is the story before we get to the new stuff because i know in the new the new seasons they released a few years ago they kind of changed everything again which kind of annoyed me but like the original series what was the plot that the government was cooking up that Mulder was trying to foil you know 
it was a lot of things. There were times where it was like an alien integration to the human race. And there was like all this like seeding and stuff like that. But then it changed and it was like getting them prepared for invasion. And, you know, I couldn't tell you exactly how the plot changed. But at least for me, the thing that drove me on was... I really liked the lone gunman. I yes. really liked the cigarette smoking man. And I liked the bureaucracy that happened with the FBI with like Skinner and like Scully going to trial. I really liked those episodes. And those episodes were always like recounting some bullshit about like how Mulder died, but didn't. And whose blood was that in the apartment? <laughs> I think I know like exactly what episode you're talking yeah. about. And yeah, it's like it's Scully testifying before a senate subcommittee yeah. on stuff i do like that there's the random That's one of my favorite episodes <laughs> she's like i'll tell you why because agent Mulder is dead <laughs> right yeah like uh, randomly occasionally the show cuts away from the monsters and the ghosts and yeah. and the space aliens and all of a sudden it's it's like part police procedural and part mr smith goes to washington like just grandstanding yeah. in front of congress it's bizarre Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, there's, like, those episodes with Scully's brother, Bill. She's, like, going through all these, like, religious crises with Bill. And it's around the time, I think, like, she gets cancer from the chip in her neck. Right. And he's, like, trying to guide her down a path. And David Duchovny's trying to guide her down a path. And he, like, confronts David Duchovny in a hospital, I think, and, like, pushes him up against a wall. And, like, that's the stuff I live for. It's just, like, <laughs> this random dude just, like, putting David Duchovny up against a wall. It's, like, this guy kills aliens and ghosts and some, like, random guy just, like, bests him. I love that. Well, I mean, Agent Mulder, he's, he's not a tough man. He's not a manly man. Does he really ever best a ghost or an alien or anything? The only time he truly bests some supernatural horror is when he stabs the teenage vampire and then finds out he's maybe sort of not a vampire. That's the one yeah. time he really beats up anything supernatural. Yeah, I mean, there's some other episodes too, but I could be thinking about times that Scully comes in. But I think there was an episode where Scully was seeing hallucinations, like of Mulder and other stuff. Yeah. Or she didn't have her sight, something like that, and she could only hear. And Mulder saved her from somebody who was going to, like, murder her. Right. I think I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, but then again, that might not have been a supernatural entity. Okay. Might have just been a, a goon. Hired goons. Yeah. Oh, no. No, but for sure. Mulder fucking goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with that alien bounty hunter, like, weirdest-looking actor ever. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. And so, like, you like, know. Se several times with the weird yeah. space weapon. Like, he has he has yeah. to find... This is the special weapon. It's the only way to kill these aliens without, like, their their blood coming out as, like, poison gas and killing you. And then it just turns out to be... It's just, a, like, a, an extendable ice pick. That, yeah. That's all it is. It's just an ice pick. You stab him in the back of the, the neck, and that, and that does <laughs> it. Like, oh... Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't make this. Like, no, uh, no, no. But but yes, he acquires one of those, and yes, he does go after the alien bounty hunter yeah. that's possessed by the black goo. Right. Right, right. Okay, fair, fair See, enough. But, like, you were even able to follow that, and, like, all that black goo stuff is where the story starts to get a little messy for me. Because it's so—that's where it starts to get so convoluted. Because then they're like, oh, but also these, like, Native American tribes who, like, knew about the black goo or some weird shit. And that was, like, one of the season cliffhangers into the next season. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Some somewhere along the way, like, someone in the writer's room on that show was really into Native American culture and decided yeah. and decided to make that— a focal point of and it wasn't the at the show. beginning right yeah it, yeah it all of a it all of a sudden gets introduced to the show but then yeah keeps popping up throughout it's it's a it's a weird yeah. addition out out of nowhere so strange yeah talking about the larger mythology the weird lore is something that again i wasn't as into it as you but i can appreciate looking back at all this it's funny to go back and watch this this old show from the 90s and think about it, it's just it's something about the conspiracy theories surrounding the aliens and everything and the the evil government plots. It all seems so quaint now. Like mm -hmm. it, it seems just looking back like it's what it was such a simpler time. Just government conspiracies. It was Roswell and Area 51 and who killed JFK. It seemed so much nicer than the, the craziness we have now. Oh, yeah. It was like all of the worst 
most horrible secrets lived in a vault in Area 51. It's like, eh, don't worry about that stuff. It's it's just the bad Area 51 stuff. But now it's like, oh man, all of these propaganda ads and, you know, conspiracy theories about where or how viruses start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gone from the government is hiding UFOs and they're secretly spying on all of us to, uh, well, now we, we know for a fact they actually are spying on us. People voted for that. The the Patriot Act. Yeah, people, we, we know they are spying on us now. And the crazy conspiracy theories that, every, that rational people know are false are now the weird QAnon pedophile ring with satanic Democrats under a pizza place in Washington. It's just so much darker and grimy and gross now it's 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 sad i miss the old x-files conspiracies yeah literally i can't be representation of government secrets as opposed to this like 2000 x gritty government secrets yeah i guess also part of what i always liked about the x-files conspiracies was there's always a face to it right you talk about the the cigarette smoking man and he was always great even, oh, even, yeah. even though I didn't like the, the larger plot he was a part of, he was always great. And in the end, wait, the, wait, do you mean by the larger plot, like the alien conspiracy? Or yeah. Or the fact that his motivation was the fact that he couldn't sell his, like, espionage novels? Okay, we have to we we have to talk about that specific episode yeah. in a minute because that is one of that is one of the best episodes ever. But no, I mean like I wasn't a fan of the larger alien conspiracy. They're coming to colonize Earth, whatever. I couldn't get into that. But yeah, he as a character was great. He was always a lot of fun when he was on the screen. And yes, it's uh, what musings of a cigarette smoking man was the episode. And yeah, it's one of the best episodes of the X Files. Yes. Hands down. Yeah, you want to walk us through that? Yes, so the lone gunmen finally figure out the cigarette-smoking man's past, and they walk Scully and Mulder through his ties all the way back to JFK and his involvement in that, his involvement in Martin Luther King. I forget what else he was even involved in. I think there was one more, maybe. Well, I mean, that's just great in it in itself. They tie him to, like, mm-hmm. the most high-profile assassinations yeah. in American history. Yeah, he's part of JFK. He's the one that—well, he didn't pull the trigger, but, like, he, but he set up the assassination the Patsy, of, Mar- yeah. of Martin Luther King. And I think the, the other big thing is they, they claim he's responsible for the miracle on ice when the U.S. Um, oh, when yep, the, when yep. the U.S. beat the Soviet hockey team in the Olympics. He takes credit for that and says he secretly poisoned the, the goalie of— the so the soviet team and made him just slightly sluggish and that's why the u.s won that match yeah however a writer he is not uh (laughs) and i think it's kind of like towards the middle because it's like while it's showing flashbacks of him after he was young and he started getting involved in crime he's like slowly going at or not crime but like it's it's crime just because just because the government (laughs) does it doesn't mean it's not illegal yeah right 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 (laughs) So, like, you know, government-mandated crime. Yes. Yes. So he takes to a typewriter, and he <laughs> has at it, typing up his life stories. And, you know, you continue seeing— Pre- Presenting it as fiction for, this per- for the yes. sake of not giving away the game. Yes. Yeah. And he—like, it's a while of him just typing in between scenes— And, like, seeing him send things in and then get rejection letters. But almost towards the end, while he's, like, an older man, he gets an acceptance letter. And he gets thrilled and he goes to his meeting of, like, creepy cabal of people who control the world. And he's getting ready to, like, type up his resignation. And then he sees his piece, and it's completely changed, and it looks like it's in, like, a distasteful magazine or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah like, they, they, yeah. They, they've just, they've edited the shit out of it, and now yeah. it's, a complete, it's a completely different story. And there's, like, a, you know, like, looks like a sexified... Right, yeah. r- right, 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 yeah. They, they yeah. turn into just gross, smarmy, yeah. pulp story, yeah. yeah. Right, and then prior to this, he had quit smoking cigarettes and he was going to turn over a new life as a writer so upon seeing this he's like grab some cigarettes and it's like nah i'm the cigarette smoking man i'm an asshole for life 
for life. And that is basically the extent of his character arc. Wait, I sold my story. Maybe I can be good. Oh, wait, no, never mind. I guess I am evil. And that's basically it. And another cigarette. Yep. Yeah. It is a great episode just for the flashbacks. And I don't remember when this episode came out, but it must have come out about around the same time uh, the Oliver Stone movie JFK came out. Because it is mm -hmm. clearly going after that vibe, right? It's just yeah. the government was involved in the JFK assassination and Martin Luther King and just more classic government conspiracies, yeah? Yeah, I think the cigarette smoking man right up to and around that point is amazing. And a little bit after, obviously, things start to go more off the rails. And I don't even know if he's around more than even one or two episodes once Mulder and Scully are out of the picture. Right. Getting out of the lore of the show and just getting into kind of the production of it. Once Mulder made clear that he was, or once David Duchovny made clear that he was leaving, it seemed like everybody was looking for a way out. I don't know how they got Gillian Anderson to stick around and keep playing Scully. Yeah, but for like another like three quarters of a season. Yeah, but like, but even she was clearly looking for the exit. Like all the, all the really major actors started dropping out of the show and we had to sit through the last, what, like two seasons mm. of, what was it, Doggett and Reyes. Oh, yeah, how that, don't that, even say their name. Yeah, that was it was it was disappointing. I I stop once <laughs> it gets to them. Like before, once David Duchovny's out, I stop. But then he comes back. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you they have, like come back at you, the end. Yeah. You have to drop out for those last like two seasons. Two and, and a then, half. And then two and a half, and then jump back in for the season finale just to see Mulder, like, chuck an alien super soldier off a railing and then basically get a whole bunch of flashbacks and, like, glorified clip show trying to explain all of the lore throughout the series. And then Mulder talks to the ghosts of the lone gunman, and then that's, like, how the series ends. Until... Until... Yeah. Until the new stuff, which... So I only watched the first, like, season or mini-season, whatever they wanted to call it, of The Return of the X-Files, which was, like, Same. four what was like four or five or six episodes. Yeah, it was, like, six. Yeah, which, I, I don't know, how did you feel about those? I liked most of them. <laughs> I felt the first and the last were the worst. Which, by the way, were the mythology yes. episodes. Yes, but I feel like... That was kind of to be expected because everybody has been away from it for so long. So I don't know if they, like, know how to do that. Because, like, the thing about those mythology episodes is they didn't get better as the show got on. So, like, add in, you know, X amount of years where the series just wasn't a thing. And then you get them together and you got to do a couple of those. I couldn't imagine they'd be great. Right. We hinted at this already, just the fact that, you know, conspiracy theories have changed and the way we talk about politics has maybe changed to some degree. And just the original X-Files, just, it was it was kind of lightning in a bottle. The 90s was a perfect time for a show like the X-Files. It's like we're coming out of the Cold War and so it's kind of a weird, peaceful, transition-y time for the United States and people are into these crazy conspiracy theories. But I guess the stakes are kind of low because we're out of the Cold War, but we've still got the residents do of Vietnam and Watergate and so on. So everybody's primed for a show that does government conspiracy and aliens and so on. And just trying to bring that back now when everything is, seems more polarized, everything is darker and bleaker. Trying to bring that kind of show back, it just doesn't seem to work the way it did in the 90s. I think it was, maybe it was just doomed to, to fail. Well, Steve, it did come back. Not the X-Files itself, because we know that we already talked about it, but The Fringe. Ooh, yeah, so I know I wanted to talk about the X-Files, but Fringe... This this is part of the conversation. Fair enough. If, if Fringe is, I, I suppose, it's sort of a spiritual successor yeah. to the X-Files. And it, yeah, that, that came out like mid... Mid-2000s. Mid-2000s or, or like what was even like early 2010s? Uh, I think it was like mid to late 2000s into 2010. Okay. Because uh, I think like it finished around the time I was like going into college. That makes sense. In, in, in fact, I remember it being on in like catching a couple episodes, I think when I was just starting grad school, which would have been like 2008, 2009. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Fringe, definitely a spiritual successor to the X-Files. Definitely something that has to be talked about. 
And it did run 08 to 13. I saw you looking that up. Thank you for that. All right, let's talk about that a little bit. Fringe was like X-Files for the New Age, and it was really good for a little bit. Yep. And then it got really bad for a bit and ended. But I respect (laughs) it for at least committing to a story, going with it, and ending. Okay, I was going to say that, yes. I I think where Fringe built on and improved on the X-Files was they seemed to at least know what the larger mythology was, where this was building to, and they were committed to just telling that story. They knew where they were going and just introduced plot points along the way, whereas the X-Files was just, we're going to throw more crazy crap out there and see what happens. Now, where Fringe ended up going... I'm not entirely a fan, but at least they committed to it. Yes. The ending to the show was garbage, but definitely one of the best parts was, whereas X-Files was each episode could be in question as to whether the supernatural event or the monster or the entity was related to the larger government conspiracy and aliens. In The Fringe, it was very much like all of these events came from this And, like, you know, this event is what's pushing the story along. These Monster of the Weeks are just fallout from the kind of bigger story thing. And they made that clear as opposed to, like, oh, was this weird nature thing always here? Or, you know, was this specifically an alien slash government experiment type of deal? Right, right, right. Yeah, it all, and spoilers for anyone who never watched Fringe, but yeah, it all grows out of the fact that it turns out this super scientist went to another dimension and ended up stealing another version of his son when his son died, and then just that messed up the space-time continuum, and now the dimensions are merging with one another, and yet everything sort of grows out of that. All the crazy stuff that happens is either as a result of the dimensions being ripped apart by one another, or it turns out to be some other experiment that the super scientist did at some point in his lead up to jumping to another dimension. So yeah, so it all comes back to that. I think we're on the same page that it was cool premise. The first like season or two were really good and then it just goes downhill. And I I don't know about you, for me, I think it was the whole like different dimensions thing was cool and rewriting timelines was an interesting idea. But at some point it becomes hard to care about the characters because we were constantly getting new versions of them like so much of what i loved about the show was the interaction between the characters the young kid who was on dawson's creek and his dad like them interacting with each other and like a strained father john noble thank you yes the the, the strange noble being the dad i don't know the dawson's creek fuck but yeah uh, (laughs) but john noble deserves our respect yeah, he cer- he certainly does. Yeah. But yeah, him and Dawson's Creek, like they have a fun father-son relationship. And then there's the will they or won't they romance with the kid and the FBI agent. The characters are so fun to see interact with each other. And then just like once we get past season two, like every season, it's we're just getting new versions of the characters. And mm-hmm. then we get to that that like really big finale where like the timeline gets rewritten and the old characters like no longer exist except for Dawson's Creek, who somehow gets transported into the new timeline but all the other characters are different versions of themselves i think that's the point where i check out i was invested in these characters and now they don't really exist anymore and i don't want to sit through learning the new interactions between these characters i think that's when i check out yeah i mean i watched the whole thing but I understand what you're saying, and usually I start to get a little, like, cautious and, like, "Mm," when they start doing either time travel, because that's always just a big old mess, or the parallel stuff. Just because, like, and at the time, it wasn't at all overdone, but, like, now it's so overdone, and I can't enjoy it. It's just this, like, crutch that you can lean on and not have to have any real creative leg to use and just kind of be like, oh, like, remember this cool adventure? What if everyone had, like, the opposite? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you say it's it's new. I mean, science fiction shows have been doing this for a long time. We got, you know, Mirror Universe episodes in the original Star Trek and so on. But there's been no other show that really made it the core 
mm-hmm. of the mythology. There's no, I can't think of another show that just that's it. We're just going to keep hammering mm-hmm. this alternate See, dimension idea. Yeah, and like the thing that I think of is just like the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, and, like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. What I'm thinking, but like, yeah, no, not for like a show in the playhouse of X Files. But yeah, that's just where my mind went. It's like Got- fucking parallel universes. Leave Gwen <laughs> Stacy alone. Getting back to we were on we were on Fringe. Fringe. And yeah, I, I think agreement, great premise, good show for a couple seasons. Great acting. Great acting. Good writing up until like season three to four. Yeah, I think that's about the time I check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, and then just just downhill with the we, we rewrite the timeline and just totally basically new versions of the the characters and so on. But yeah, absolutely a successor to X Files in that we're going to do police procedural combined with supernatural stuff, and just every week it's a new weird mystery with the FBI or some government agency investigating it. I think the Fringe went as long as it needed to it maybe a little longer it limped at the end but where x files wasn't and i guess because the direction was so not what the time needed by the time x files was at the end it did pretty well for itself i think the fringe fair enough Mm -hmm. yeah for for what it was for picking up on x files slack yeah it was good at that. And we really haven't seen anything like that since then. I, I don't no, think. No, I mean, there's been like, and I think this maybe was even before The Fringe, but I remember, what was it, like Hangar 13? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but wasn't that more of a comedic take on yes. the, this, the, that kind of story? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, there is that. Yeah, there's maybe been one or two other things. I'm sure I'll think of them and throw something in the show notes about, oh, here's some other stuff to, to check out. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, it was it was X-Files, and then when that ended, Fringe was the, kind of the thing that picked it up. And now there's really nothing else like that. But, again, I, I feel like I, you almost couldn't do it now, just given the state yeah. of U.S. politics. I think, yeah, if you're talking about, like, a government conspiracy focus... I'm sure there's something, but not like the X-Files was. It's more dirty. Yeah. 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 Like, like, like I almost think about like True Detective and like, that's great. I recently just rewatched that, but it's also about like satanic sex cults. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no there. It's it's just entirely real. There's no, there's no super, well, True Detective is interesting. He's I mean, so interesting. I, it's it's and I know you you've been on a like a Lovecraft kick lately, yeah. and you and you're you're all you're you're always talking about Lovecraft stories and Lovecraft themes and stuff, and that is as close as you can get as close as you can get to like Lovecraft themes without and to- and it. tone without actually having Cthulhu pop out mm-hmm. and do something crazy. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, it's X Files in the sense that it's like law enforcement investigating conspiracies and creepy stuff. But yeah, it is it is so different. No it, it is yeah. it is so different. Mulder and Scully would just would just quit and Puke. and and go cry yeah. if they dealt with the, the the true detective stuff. Yeah. There's another thing though. The first season was remark was remarkable. And Second and then garbage. and then just it's it's sad. Third season was it was not great either. Third was like definitely an improvement over two but not even close to one. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Fair. But, I mean, an improvement over two, I mean, anything was an, an improvement over season two. I only two. watched the first episode, and that was it. I got out. Really? I, I forced myself to watch through the entire thing. I had to keep putting it on when I was doing other things because I could not bring myself to actually sit and just commit all of my attention to that movie. I had to distract myself. But I made it through the end, and it was not worth it. It was... It was bad. I, I honestly felt bad for the actors involved because they're, they're, they all seem like decent people, and I felt bad for them being trapped in that. That was the true horror of season two of season True Detective, two. The, the horror of decent actors being forced to take part in this madness. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. How do you think Doggett and uh, 
Reyes. <laughs> yeah, they don't deserve my memory. Yeah, who cares how they felt, honestly? That was just not good all around. I won't forgive them for the X-Files <laughs> they gave me. But enough negativity, though. Let's talk about good episodes of the X-Files. Let's talk the mm. really, really good stuff. And I asked you to give me, like, your top three episodes that, like, really have to be watched. Yeah. Um, let's go back and forth. Number three, number two, number one. So what is your, like, number three favorite episode? Let's say Usual Suspects. All right, uh, that's that's a good one. Now you you mentioned like liking the the lone gunman before, mm-hmm. and they're they're great. And if you like lone gunman, yeah, that's got to be uh, that that's got to be one of your top episodes. Yeah, so it's kind of like the first introduction to the lone gunman, or at least like it's an origin story in an age of superhero origin movies. Yes, <laughs> uh, but I think the lone gunmen are like some of the best reoccurring characters that almost i was gonna say don't die but (laughs) that almost make it to the end and then they're even in the new stuff like one of them is like a digitized really yeah it's not good i don't think i remember this yeah you don't want (laughs) to but you know seeing how they interact with each other and like Frohickey's really the main potato and just the way that he's kind of playing off everybody else saying that his like hacking kung fu is better than the others and that he's kind of like a killer with the ladies and always kind of yeah what a great origin story like you you see them and they're these they're these these crazy ultra nerds yeah conspiracy theorists like they're getting access to classified government files like to the point where they can help Mulder in his investigations and then we flash back and it's like Frohickey is selling like bootleg cable adapters for TVs and like talking about how the other guys will burn your house down yeah like like that that's it that's their origin and then the other one I never remember any of their names except for Hickey. but the other one is working for the FCC yeah in a suit Yep, yep. Yeah. He's still, yeah, even back then wearing the suit. Yeah. But yeah, just they're, they're just doing like weird, embarrassing shit until Mulder comes into their life. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, especially Fro Hickey, that's such like a 90s tech IT perspective. Like, oh, you got to go to the guy who like owns his own shop and, you know, is like a master hacker and he's like squat and smells and has like a greasy ponytail and all this stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, is very, it is very much a 90s TV writer's idea of what a hacker is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Obsessed with Kung Fu. Uh, and Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yep. yep. 100%. And yeah, I mean, in short... That episode is funny, which isn't uncommon in the X-Files, but it just has a lot of good laughs. And, you know, if you like the lone gunman, that is their origin, which is dope. Yep. All right. My number three, I think, is going to be Humbug, which is a good Monster of the Week episode. I don't know if you remember this one. This is where Mulder and Scully go to that traveling sideshow and investigate what turns out to be like a guy who has a conjoined twin who's like a tiny little never developed beyond like a tiny little growth on his body ends up detaching himself like the the like the little deformed twin detaches himself from the guy and goes out at night like killing people and trying to burrow into them oh Um, yeah yeah you you remember what i'm talking about yeah it's like it leaves like a hole in the guy like how don't you notice what's happening yeah 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 yeah, that whole thing. I I just like that one for it's it's just it's just goofy fun. The monster is sufficiently creepy. Like when you see this tiny little deformed like like like, like, ha- like overgrown baby with with horrible looking teeth wandering around. It's creepy as hell. But just all of the interactions with all the various sideshow people is so much fun. The the guy who, you know, hammers nails into his face. Yeah. And and does and does all that craziness. And the best part is for me is the little person who runs like the little motel.
hotel where Mulder and Scully end up staying at. And of course, because it's like everybody in town is associated with the sideshow and it's Mulder. Oh, are you, you know, were you once part of the sideshow? And it's, what, do you assume that because I'm, because I'm a little person? Did it never occur to you that I got a degree in hotel management? Yeah. And, and on and on and on. And just him being, uh, being offended and yelling at Mulder for being a, pre- a, a prejudiced dick, yeah. which Mulder often deserves. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's just just fun for me. That's I that's one of my top episodes. Totally. That's a fun one. I think my number 2 is and this is a fun one to say Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Yep. Yep. Uh a Christian reference actually, but go ahead. Oh, is it? Yep. Ooh. What does it pertain to? In the Gospels, it's Gethsemane is the name of the the garden, the the place where Jesus spends the night before he's arrested and crucified. So if you're a Christian, you know the story of before Jesus is arrested and taken off to be killed. He has a night he spends alone. His apostles fall asleep, and he spends a night in the garden going through this agony, knowing what's coming the next day, and he begs God to not make him have to go through this. And so it's it's sort of, in the Gospels, it's, it's the one moment of weakness for Jesus. It's the one moment where he wishes he could avoid what's coming. So I don't remember the details of the episode, but I'm sure that's relevant because I, I suspect that's probably describing Mulder's behavior, wanting to turn away from the X-Files and what he's going through or something. But why why is that your uh, a top episode for you? Because it literally opens up with Scully at a court trial and somebody being like, Scully, I need you to tell me right now. Did you did you not see Mulder do such and such? Or, you know, where's Mulder? Like, we're going to arrest him, such and such. It's not good. And she's basically just mouthing off to this committee. And it, it opens up like not an X-Files episode. And throughout the episode, there's a whole bunch uh, going back to the court and her giving testimony, kind of recounting what had happened. But the episode is really around Mulder uh, gets contacted by somebody who discovers a seemingly perfectly preserved corpse of an extraterrestrial. So he kind of gets spun up in this whole journey trying to get to this person test the corpse after like sufficient testing try to like bring it out to the public and like get people to help him move it and like get it to scientists that he can trust and the whole time he feels like the government is trying to get to the body first and destroy it or move it but essentially what happens is it's revealed by the end it's like this setup inception where Mulder's under the impression that he found the body and then the government took it after he excavated it from the ice and did an autopsy and had these results that he was going to go to the media with. But this informant tells Scully, like, no, it was like a carefully created and planted fake corpse. And they came and removed the corpse only after they gave him enough time to do what he thought was like a conclusive autopsy and get these results that were kind of like planted for him. And the idea was that he would go public and be discredited and finally be taken off the X-Files. But again, the whole episode is flashbacks to this stuff going on, mostly with Mulder and then, you know, skips to the present where it's Scully just being real sassy to court old <laughs> white guys and just giving them the story as she tells it. And of course it ends with Mulder committing a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Right. Yeah. Or or so it would or seem. Or did he? <laughs> I, 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 could, I didn't remember that episode until you started describing it. And yet that, that, that reminds me of why X-Files is fun in the most glorious, ridiculous way. Like so many silly things that are just that are just fun to take part in. Just like the fact that after all these years, all of a sudden there's some kind of oversight over what Mulder and Scully are doing for years. They've been chasing ghosts and zombies. And now finally, like some government agency is like starting to ask them, like, what are you, what the hell are you guys working on? Like, oh yeah, right. You've been wasting taxpayer dollars for years. Like, like what, is, what, what are you up to? Like finally someone starts asking these questions and Scully 
Holly just basically gets to tell everybody to piss off. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's they're like, listen, you have to tell us, or else we're gonna subpoena you. You're gonna be in trouble with court. You're gonna be arrested. And she's like, oh yeah. Well, I'm quitting. And they're like, fuck, she's not an employee anymore. What can we do? Right. Yeah. And just beyond that, the sheer audacity of the plan to deal with Mulder. Like, again, we'll learn in later seasons that the government, this conspiracy that's involved in all this stuff, did indeed assassinate JFK and Martin Luther King. But for some reason, they can't kill Mulder. Like, oh, yeah. They, 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 can't, they can't kill him. It seems like that would just be the simple thing. Just put a bullet in his head and be done with it. But no, we can't kill him. No, we the have to smoking man yeah, yeah. always we, says, can't right. kill Mulder. Right. Instead, we have to undertake this elaborate conspiracy involving this alien frozen in ice to discredit him. Don't kill him. Let's just make him look crazy and then we can finally fire him. You're a shadow government that runs the government, but you can't fire a civil service employee? <laughs> I mean, not to mention, like, how much money went into that hoax? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and further, this is a, this is a government. Con- and, and, and hold on, they killed everyone else involved, like the scientist who calls Mulder, who like first found the body, the like random ice pick worker or like whatever the guy that helps them excavate it from the ice. He's definitely not a scientist. He dies too. Like, when Mulder goes and the body's gone, both of those guys are dead. So it's like, (laughs) they have no problem killing these other people. Some are respected scientists, but Mulder is untouchable. Right, right. Yes. But, but yes. All right, so I think my number two is Arcadia, Mm. which, if you don't remember, it's the episode where Mulder and Scully go undercover as a married couple who just recently moved into this gated community, one of these suburbs with guards at the door and a homeowner's association with all kinds of ridiculous rules about what color your house can be painted and stuff to investigate disappearances, like people keep disappearing from this community. And then it turns out that it's the head of the homeowner's association is summoning this monster to kill anybody that breaks the the, the rules of the community to make sure everybody's lawn is looks nice and there's nothing out of place in the community. This one's just fun. Again, to see Mulder and Scully just interacting with ridiculous people, like these people that are so obsessed with the rules of the town. And I guess it's like my anarchist tendencies that I hate the idea of living in a community that's so uptight about these rules about what your house has to look like and so on. So I love them living in a place like that and seeing Mulder like mess with them, like trying to set up a basketball hoop and put like in a, a pool. Like a spinny meal- mailbox. Or yeah, the 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 whirly gig, the spinny yeah. little little thing that makes it look like a guy hammer, uh, guy chopping wood. That's what ends up getting one of the the fam the previous families killed. Yeah, that's that's I think my number two. That one's just just fun for messing with people that are uptight about homeowners association stuff. It was making fun of Karens before mm-hmm. Karens were a thing. It's look a at target, these yeah yeah look at these yeah. ridiculous people who are so hyper uptight about enforcing stupid community standards. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the main villain guy, the homeowner's guy, isn't he, like, super old and, like, travels to, like, the the heart of, like, Congo expeditions and he has all these, like, idols and this, like, book and he's, he's doing crap from, like, a spell book or, like, some kind of statue. Yeah. And isn't he, like super old and he's i actually think you're combining two episodes here so uh, i'll say yeah he's not super old he's older he's an old he's an older man and yeah his home is full of stuff from his travels but it's not the congo it's actually he says like tibetan nepal that's Mm. where he picked up his weird dark magic that he uses to summon his golem creating spell yes okay that's where he learned that stuff in like tibet and nepal that's that's arcadia that's this episode that that i really like i think you're also bringing in elements of the episode our town which is another one with kind of a creepy town and there's a weird conspiracy going on in the town 
And this one is like the founder of the town and the official leader of the town is a man who's older, but turns out he's also super old. Like he's like over a hundred. And then we find out that he stays alive and the whole town is like full of people who are secretly older than they are. And they stay alive by engaging in cannibalism Mm -hmm. that he learned when he like, uh, he was like in World War II and got shot down and crashed on an island of cannibals and learned like cannibal magic from them. And yeah. they and they stay alive. So I think you're combining those two, but that's that's our town. Yeah, it's cannibal a cannibal ta- magic. Yeah, can, cannibal magic. Yes. You, you 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 can stay alive forever if you eat human flesh for some yeah. reason. I yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I learned about that was Fallout Three. Yes, yep. yes. The the vampires who aren't vampires, they actually eat flesh. That that was that such was, a letdown. That was a that was a weird part of fallout 3 and i remember they were like vampires like it was it was like a featured aspect of pre-launch fallout campaigning it was like yes something they were showing off yes they yeah they, they were it, it made it into the trailers and like the previews and the write-ups of the game yeah you're gonna encounter weird vampires and then it was just it like was one small mission it's a shitty perk it kind of reminded me of another ep- uh, X-Files episode called Three, I think, which is also the setup is vampires and Mulder has to investigate them. And this was um, this was like in season two, or I think season two, when Gillian Anderson left the show briefly because uh, she was having a kid and like they, they write her off like, oh, she was abducted and she's missing and that's when she gets the microchip in her yeah. and so on. But during one of the episodes where Scully is gone, Mulder investigates vampires and it's like, oh, cool, he's going to be looking for vampires. And then it just turns out it's like these three people who it's kind of like it seems like it's more of a fetish for them and like maybe they're vampires, but maybe they're just a couple of random people who are into this weird they're just into this weird kink and like but they definitely kill people so i guess we have to investigate them but it's it's definitely not like it was kind of a letdown i remember watching Mm -hmm. the episodes like oh vampires like no it's it's kind of maybe but it's it's not vampires like you think they are is that the one that opens with him stabbing through the chest uh a young boy no that is the other vampire episode and and spoiler that that's my actually number one pick for um, the top episodes episode? no hey get we'll, we'll come back okay. to that that's my i might have like a number zero then oh okay well let yeah. well let's do your number your number one first okay. and and then we'll talk about mine the host the host okay this has to be one of the top gross out episodes but go ahead the host is an early X-Files episode about a human flatworm hybrid <laughs> that is spawned presumably when, I mean, all I can imagine is some dude fell into a Chernobyl, like, what is it, like a waste disposal or like a water cooling? Yeah, of, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, either in the moment or over the course of time his dna mixed with that of a flatworm so he's like this gross pale whitish blue skinned blind seemingly webbed fingers three toothed but their fangs gross disgusto lord and he lives in the dark dank places like your toilet he I think, loves that shit and i think this episode is actually notable for being one of the few cases where the weird crazy supernatural monster is like officially established like other people see this thing like they've they've like at one point mother goes to like a waste treatment plant where they think they've trapped it and like they see it like other people see it like this isn't one of those like so much of the x-files is Mulder sees the thing and then someone else turns up and oh it was just here it it just walked out the door why didn't you see it for once like it's established like other people see it like oh well there there is this weird you know creature there was a lot of that in season one and two well probably two more than one I'm thinking I think it's in one like the episode with the bugs in the forest, like the green. Yes, yes. Yeah, like um, stuff like that. You're you're right. You're right. Yeah. That was another one where yeah, uh, yeah. Like the the weird things, like bright light hurts them or keeps them from attacking. But mm-hmm. at night, like they 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 swarm and like they cocoon you and yeah. and, then and kill the you. Episode in the Arctic base. 
Yes, Ice. Yeah. Yep. And that's which also is like season one or two. Se- that was definitely season one, which is basically a a ripoff of the thing. The, the, the thing. Yeah. yeah. You're okay. You're right. Yeah. Early on, there is more stuff where like it's it, other people see it and it's a, it's a officially established as a weird crazy maybe supernatural or at the very least not normal thing yeah i guess it's later on that we get more of the oh it was it was just here you my missed favorite it. conversations you know yeah. it's just like Mulder, i don't think you're using your thoughts correctly you're being blinded by your sister and your desire to solve this case and he's like scully can't you see the facts and he just blows up on it i love that when Mulder gets mad yeah just yell just cusses out scully yeah she's yep. like shit why did i take this job his standard frame my sister was taken yeah just it, it it's how he, could you deny all yeah. this evidence yeah it becomes it becomes his version of Batman's My Parents Are Dead or Harry Potter's My Parents Are Dead. It's criminals killed my family or Voldemort killed my parents. In Mulder, it's, it's just aliens took, took my, my sister, sister and that means you have to listen to me now. Like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, we, we can't argue with that. I guess we have to listen to him. Yeah. It somehow keeps the, the cigarette smoking man from killing him for all these years, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Their relationship is a troubling one. So, which which episode were we on? Um, uh, oh, oh, host, yeah. The host. Oh, host, yeah. Host, yeah. So, uh, why is that, like, your number one? I really like it. I think, like, it's written well, like, the pacing, like, just from a TV, like, enjoy you know like a structure not like anything specific to x-files but i think the monster's great i think it's tangible it's realistic to the scope of x-files because x-files does get to some pretty like out there stuff so yeah and you know it's it's kind of like the perfect open ending right wait how how does it end the, the, thing, like, esca- the thing escapes right they it escapes but oh no, no they think that they kill it they like cut it in half through a vertical sewer sluice and you know at like the very end it's like upper torso that's on the other side opens its eyes right Uh, because of course it will just regrow itself right although sadly we do not we never get a part two of that so many episodes are left with that a lot of good part twos that do not get their due have to at least bring up eve Yes, I, yeah. I think you you said this almost made your your top three. This is yeah. a good creepy kid episode. Oh yeah, just very quickly, groups of parents die at the same time. Scully and Moulter go investigate and find identical twins, two girls that were adopted by two separate sets of parents. And through the course of the episode, there's this the Litchfield experiments they were called, and it was this one I think geneticist. That sounds right. Or biologist, something, science person who was like <laughs> obsessed with perfecting like their DNA and their genes. And they were carrying on Nazi experiments from, you know, World War Two and were working in a fertility clinic, impregnating people unbeknownst to the family. Right, right, right. And and I, so I, I don't know if it's impregnating or. or- doing treatment I, they, yeah i can't remember the details yeah. i know they, they produced like a whole bunch of basically clones like all these identical yes. uh, all these identical kids that have this special dna and then yeah the, the 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 i remember the big twist is it's oh we found the kids they were they were kidnapped by like an adult version of them mm-hmm. we have to save them and then we find out no the the kid the kids were the ones killing their parents like they're they're psychopaths it's like baked into their into their genes and yeah and, and that also sets up what could have been a great part too yeah they get captured and sent to what looks like a psych ward where they are placed in a cell right next to a older version of themselves how incompetent do these people <laughs> have to be Right, right. We yeah, you know. we we can't we capture the psycho kids. Let's let's uh, let let's stick them right next to the older, wiser, Themselves. wiser one, and and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that was begging for a part two where they escape and and something ha- something happens. Actually, they really especially could have done been yeah, when they were doing like the reboot in the new episodes. It would have been great to see like a teenage or young adult version of yeah, those kids. Yeah, I was gonna kids. say not teenage. 
I, yeah, I guess it's been longer than that. Like I, 30 I, years. Wow, I'm so freaking old. I feel <laughs> right. They wouldn't be teenagers now. No. They'd be adults. They'd be, be my. Like, they'd be my they'd be age. Like Forty, going on forty. <laughs> they'd be. They'd be older than me. <laughs> oh, this is depressing. Yeah, no, that would have been a great part too. So that's so okay. So not your. Uh, that, not your number one. Your number one was host, but another mm-hmm. uh, Eve. Another good episode that should have had a part two. So going back to my number one, which we hinted at, Bad Blood. Yeah. And this is the one great cold open. We open in medias rest, like right in the middle of the action. A great example of a fake out episode. Like you think it's going to be one thing and something else, you know, young kid running through the woods. Help me. He's going to kill me. And then tackled by this shadowy figure who drives a stake through his heart. And then it's Mulder. And, oh, I caught him, Scully. He's a vampire. And then he shows the, the, the fangs. And then, oh, wait, nope, they're fake teeth he's just a kid and oh shit and the episode begins great just for the open and then we cut back to okay what happened how did we get here and chasing vampires and the kid turns out he is a vampire but vampires really aren't like that this kid is just a vampire who wants to be a movie vampire so he has fake fangs and tries to drink blood from people and so on and i think i just like this one because it does the rashomon thing it's we're doing flashbacks of the episode how do we get here and it's Mulder and scully each telling their version of events and we get to see each character through the other's eyes with scully seeing Mulder as basically a big kid who's just overly excited about the supernatural and Mulder seeing Scully as this killjoy who just ruins everything by being mean and not listening to him. Shutting it all down. Yeah. So that one's just fun for that to see to see how each character sees the other one. So I think that's my number one. And that one finally delivers on a good vampire episode. We had that other episode that turned out to be just it's it's kinky people and now we get the no here's actual vampires and we'll have fun with that so that's my number one so you said you got to have a number zero what is that yeah i mean there's like there's contenders but if we're gonna talk about hmm ooh, there's really two i think the first is i don't know the name but it's the one where they make a movie about yes. the X Files. Yes. yes. Oh, really? And they get like those B movie actors to be Scully. Yes, and I know yes. which one you. This this was like one of the last of the Mulder episodes. This was at the yeah. end, like when Mulder was getting ready to leave the show. Yeah. And yes, I know exactly what and you're I'm talking sure about. That's like that must have been made after they made the X Files movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the X Files movie was like, er, like relatively early on. It was like after like season three or four of the show, and this was season like six or seven or or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think it was called like Hollywood X or something. Yeah. Yeah. Really? That's that's making the top of your list. That was that's so such a good episode. What are you talking about? It's so and then, stupid. And then the other one is um when Mulder and that government guy body swap. Oh, the the two part of Dreamland. Dreamland. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mulder ends up body swapping with that smarmy government agent. Married. Yeah. Hates his wife. Right. Right. Yep. Who just who hates he, his kids. Right. I just and just he swaps bodies and like he couldn't be happier. He's just yeah. I'm gonna. It's just I don't have a wife anymore. I don't have kids yeah. anymore. I'm just gonna I'm try to have. Scully I'm all gonna, day. I'm gonna try to have sex with Scully. This yeah. is this is my life now. And I think that's my favorite is because it's like not Mulder and Scully really trying to flirt like being ridden to flirt but just like this gross guy in Mulder's body saying things you know that Mulder would never say if he was actually trying to flirt right 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 yeah and and that's isn't I think that's how Scully finally catches on right it's uh it's like Mulder would never do this yes he's just like constantly trying to bang yep yep meanwhile Mulder trying to be like a a family man and it's basically basically Mulder lives the plot of that Nicolas Cage movie where like he wakes up in an alternate future with a wife and a kid. And, and, and kids, except it's played for laughs instead of deep feelings. Heavy drama. Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, was one of Nicolas Cage's better movies. Um, it's, it's Nicolas Cage at his most sane. Interesting. I don't believe you. Did you not see this? I've seen it. You don't think it was him at his most sane? I saw it when it came out. <laughs> I don't remember it too much. It was, it was, it was solid. It's a good yeah. performance from him actually being like what seems like a normal human being for once. I just remember, like, didn't he have 
a Native American like headdress in the trailer or poster? I think maybe when he's like he's like playing with his kids. Yeah. Yeah. No. no nothing. Nothing crazy there. Although it would. It would I was it gonna would, say that it looks pretty crazy, well, man. Well, well, look, it would it would not fly today. It would be, be seen as incredibly culturally insensitive. But at the time, it was just played as he's a dad playing cowboys and indians with his kids or something mm. i think that's what happens in the movie mm. so nothing for the time nothing inappropriate or or crazy why why am i defending nicholas cage why to you? are you defending nicholas cage <laughs> look i i think he's is he a, paying you like oh, never never mind it's not on the air look we'll, we'll talk about this later he's gonna help go or yeah. ghost rider out uh yeah I have no idea how to end this now. Okay, I think we've covered the good stuff of the X-Files. Yeah, I mean, X-Files, I need to finish. I need to watch those last couple episodes. I don't think I'm going to, but you but, but you enjoy if, it. What if there's a sequel to Eve? Look, look, if there is, please do tell me. I will check it out, but I the the first the first mini season really left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. It was it was not my thing, but I will Look forward to hearing your thoughts on it when you watch. So do let me know. I will. I absolutely will. And so I think that's it. John, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure to talk to you. If people want to hear more from you, your thoughts about X-Files and all kinds of other awesome things, where can they find you? Yeah, I have a podcast called The Dork Web. You can find that on any fine podcast distribution application or web page i also am a writer for cbr and you can find me on cbr writing about video games most of the time you can visit my website www.thedorkweb.net and you can find me on instagram as the dork web awesome thank you so much thank you steve (laughs) i love a good x files talk it's always fun hell yeah All right, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Peace.